today on Misty and Ike. A new, never before talked about topic. You're never going to be the same. They're going to name elementary schools after us for this one. This is going to shock America and the world. You're never going to resist listening to our show ever again. And we're going to tell you what it's all about. After the break. I'm Misty. And I'm Ike. The next 15 minutes. We're going to debate pop culture. My background's in music. My background's in film. I know the topics beforehand. And I don't. We check the internet for the facts. And ruin it with opinions. From pop rocks in your lunchbox. To Happy Meal toys and swatch clocks. Did it work? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Okay. Is this on? Yeah. <laughs> we got to tell them now. Okay. They waited all the way through. It's about cliffhangers. Yep. We're going to talk about the most famous cliffhangers. And not just the movie cliffhanger. No. Do you want to know why we're going to talk about this today? I would love to. Okay. So to me, the like cliffhanger that represents all cliffhangers Is the movie? aired today. Oh. It was the episode coming of Dallas... When JR got shot. Oh. And literally the world sat on edge during the hiatus, waiting. Headlines of newspapers, who shot JR? Yeah. So that that aired today. So I thought we should talk about other things that had famous cliffhangers like that. Man, uh, the first one that comes to mind without using the internet mm-hmm. is um, Game of Thrones when they killed Jon Snow. Right. But you don't watch. I don't, but I know that story. And yeah. I, you know, I had a lot of friends who were very invested in it, like mm-hmm. watch parties and things for when that happened. So, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I've got a list here. Okay. Of <laughs> 10 of TV's greatest cliff. Uh, boy, I'm having a hard time reading this week. <laughs> 10 of the greatest TV cliffhangers of all time. I kind of like that accent on you. Okay. It's weird. That's so weird. I hate it. Well, do you want to know one that sticks out in my brain? Is it? uh, uh, Yes, I do want to know. Yes. Friends. The one with Ross's wedding. Where he said Rachel's name at the altar when he was getting ready to marry Emily. Oh, I have that on my list also. And you also had to sit and wait until the premiere of the next season to find out whether who gets there happily ever after. Oh, what ended up happening? <clears throat> well, it kind of got long and drawn out. Emily was very upset. Ross decided to try to make it up to her. That didn't work. Uh, and then I believe after that is when Rachel got pregnant with his baby in Vegas. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Rachel got pregnant with Ross's baby? Yeah. I need to rewatch Friends. That was towards the end. Huh. Yeah. Well, spoiler alert, uh, the Dallas episode you're talking about is number one on my list. Not surprised. Like I said, I mean, it was like front page of newspapers. People were mm-hmm. so invested in it. It's crazy. Here's a weird one. Uh, Twin Peaks. Oh, which one? Well, the, there were only two seasons, so the, it had to be the season one cliffhanger. Uh, well, The Last Jeez. Evening is the name of the episode. And this uh, here says... Most TV cliffhangers are resolved after a year or two, 
But this one has lasted an, mm. a, an agonizing 24 years. So it was the end. The yeah. last episode was actually a cliffhanger. Right. Mark Frost and David Lynch's bril- brilliant and surreal Twin Peaks suffered from a decline in ratings during <clears> the second <throat> season and consequently was not renewed for a third. Yeah. The final episode sees Agent Cooper travel to the Black Lodge and rescue his girlfriend, Annie, but here he encounters his evil doppelganger. The doppelganger. Only one comes out of the lodge, however, and this is revealed to be the evil one after he looks in the mirror and we see the reflection of Killer Bob. Fortunately, fans will finally get to see what happens as Twin Peaks will return for a limited series in 2017, which was four years ago. (laughs) I watched it. Yeah? The revival. Yeah, absolutely. pretty cool. 24 years just waiting around. I remember being... Well, I was... You know, I was younger. Like, obviously, way, way younger. Mm -hmm. Um when Twin Peaks was on the first time around. And I just remember like knowing nothing about it, but being like, I have to watch this because this looks like the weirdest thing that I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And then instantly falling in love with David Lynch's type of all of it. Just everything he does is ridiculous. I am not a fan of the way he writes dialogue, Mm. which makes me a very small percentage of the world. Not really. It's 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 very hard to follow. It's definitely not traditional by any means. Yeah. Anybody that's ever been classified as like a typically amazing dialogue writer, yeah. I've never really resonated with. Like I love Quentin Tarantino movies. See, Don't I, like the way his characters talk to each other. Me neither. I I can't. I just um I have a really hard time watching them. And mm-hmm. I've tried because I want to like them very much. Mm-hmm. But you know what? On that subject, mm-hmm. um, here's another one okay. that, uh, you know, another creator who has known definitely for his outside of the box way of doing things. And that's um, the episode of The West Wing called What Kind of Day Has It Been? And it was at, I believe, the end of season one. And the, there was an assassination attempt on the president and all of his oh. staff. And... It kind of ended with you didn't really know who had been hit. Mm-hmm. So the cliffhanger part was waiting around for season two to air and figuring out who made it and who didn't. Because by the end of season one, you already loved all of those characters so, so, so much. Yeah. Um, so, you, yeah. Do you remember the cliffhanger in The Sopranos? Which one? I think there were a few. Yeah. Uh, the debate over whether certain final scenes of television shows are actually good will rage on and on. The Sopranos remains front and center of the conversation. It's a seemingly... Uh, whatever. <laughs> a restaurant dinner scene. I think this is the finale in 2007. Yeah, sounds like it. We watch as Tony sits there observing other customers. Carmelo arrives, then AJ Meadow, who... Uh, The last we see is parking her car outside. A bell rings. Tony looks up and the screen cuts to black. It's an ending that's inspired essays offering varied. Oh, my God. I can't do the reading. This is what I get for reading on TV. Oh, yeah. It's a cliffhanger that never had a resolution. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people didn't uh, that. We've had an entire episode about that, about um, finales that just didn't play. And. Man, people were not happy with that finale. No. At all. No. At all, at all. People didn't like the Seinfeld finale either. No, I loved it. Um, here's one for you. Okay. The 
season finale of the third season of Lost called Through the Looking Glass. Right. And it is closing out a couple of our favorite characters run on the show. Um, and you see Charlie, who had become a loved character on the show, uh, not make it. And above the above the water, because they were in, an, in a submarine, um, you see a whole new chapter of the show starting to happen with flash forwards, hmm. which left the entire audience going, wait, is that present day? Did they time travel? Is mm-hmm. that a flash forward? What's happening? Mm-hmm. So everyone waited around for months and months and months, especially Lost happened... Uh, I want to say it was in the middle of the third season when the writer's strike happened. So right. nobody knew right. when it when you were going to get the answers. Yeah. So. I uh, have only seen like the first half of the two-part pilot and like one episode in season four or something like that. Mm. So I have no idea what's going on. I watched it when it was on originally, but I was also traveling a lot of the time. And so a few months into quarantine, I decided to watch it again. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole different show when you yeah. watch it the second time. Do you watch The Walking Dead? I have. Yeah. There's a fly in here. Um, there was a season where Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, Negan. He lines them all up on their knees. Yep, with the like, baseball bat. Yep, and he's like, I'm definitely going to kill one of you guys. Yep. And we're like, no. Oh, no. Who's it going to be? And it's right. all principal cast members. Absolutely. And it ended up being... A heartbreaker. Yeah. Ooh. Spoiler alert. I mean, I don't think it could have been a heartbreaker any, no matter what, which one he picked. But well, um, if he picked the kid, that would have been brutal. That would have been pretty brutal. Yeah. If it yeah. was me, if I was Jeffrey Dean Morgan, mm-hmm. I would have killed every single one of them. Of course, you would have. I mean, what's the point? We're in a post-apocalyptic world. There's limited food supply. That's I've true. got my gang to feed, and it's either eat or be eaten. That's fair. I mean, I can't argue with that at all. You all have to go. Especially if one of you looks me in the face and goes, I'm going to kill you one day. You're dead. Yeah. I mean, it does make sense. It's like there are so many movies where the hero is like, I can't wait to kill you. And you're just like, kill him now. Yeah. Why aren't you going to kill him now? In the real world, Kapowski. Kapowski. You're done. <laughs> right. Nope. Not leaving you any opportunity for revenge. Right. Because clearly yep. you're coming back to get me. Do you have any offspring that could possibly want revenge <laughs> in 18 to 25 years? They're dead too. <laughs> That's always every yeah. single Western. You killed my pa. Yeah, you're right. Guess what? You're right. I'm That's... killing your whole family. Somebody's going to cut that out as a clip and put it on the internet. Yeah, the FBI is going to be knocking on the door. Yeah. You know what's funny? Hmm. I was just looking at my phone mm-hmm. and it listened to me when we recorded yesterday's episode and it was offering me hair color dye. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah. Thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> Ugh. Well, here, I've got one for you. It's okay. kind of interesting. So at the end of the fifth season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh-huh. the WB kept saying it was the series finale because the show had not been renewed yet. Mm-hmm. So they wrote the episode where Buffy dies. Ugh. So every you know everyone watches it and they're like, Okay, if that's the end, that's the end. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. Until it was announced that UPN had picked up the series for another two seasons. Yep. So, with the new network, they had to figure out a way to bring her back to life. 
and return her without there being, you know, too many questions. So cliffhanger slash season finale mm. turns into, no, it's really just a cliffhanger. Yeah. Interesting. What show do you think has the most cliffhangers? Because in this list. Oh, that's. I, it's a tie. This list has 37. Okay. And so far it's like eight lost episodes and like five Ooh. episodes from the show 24. Ooh, 24. Was, yeah. Mm, yeah. I couldn't watch 24 because I at the time when the show was on the air, I was friends with one of the cast members. Right, right. So it was just like, it didn't make any sense. I didn't watch it while it was on. I watched it after it yeah. had been on the air. Um, I mean, they were definitely good cliffhangers. Mm-hmm. But I feel like every episode of that show was a cl- its own cliffhanger. Yeah. You know, it was definitely one of those shows that left you going... Oh my God! Mm. I can't wait for the next episode. Yeah, I worked on Twenty Four. Oh, I worked on the well. last two seasons of promos. Well, and that's how I made friends with some of the cast members. Right. And then one of them ended up dating my old roommate. Gilmore Girls. Which one? Which season? A Year in the Life, Fall Twenty Sixteen. Oh, the end. <laughs> I don't know. What Okay, uh, so they do the Gilmore Girls series. Yep. It goes off the air. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of it, we see Rory graduate college. You go, you know, you're going to go on to life. Whatever. Great. Over. You know, 10 years later, whatever, they come back and they go, we're going to do a revival. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they split it up into four episodes that were about an hour and a half to two hours long. And each one was a season. Right. And- Summer, spring, winter, fall. And those were on Fox, right? I, I think they were Netflix. Because I worked on those. No, two. they were Netflix. Well, it I was... did a promo with the Gilmore Girls cast. Okay. So each one of those, you know, represents a, a continuing point in their lives. I'm not. I'm going to go ahead and just spoiler this because if you haven't seen it, then whatever. You shouldn't be watching this in the You're first place. You're a bad and person. If you haven't seen it, you can turn this off right now. Like, right. I'm going to spoiler it. We're going to spoil Gilmore Girls <laughs> for everybody. So throughout the course of this, Rory has a boyfriend that she is dating. I love how into this you are. <laughs> it, it, it legitimately made me angry. Oh, no. She also at the same time is like F and her ex-boyfriend. You know, who is the guy in the show that we all think is like end game, you know, so you're not really, well, she's just dating. She's not really invested in dating the other guy at all. Like her mom can't even remember his name. Mm. So the the two fastest talking characters of all television history have a memory problem with one character's name. Well, it's written into the script that she can't remember his name on purpose. That's real dumb. (laughs) So anyways, the very last scene of this revival that they've done. She sits down in the town gazebo with mm. her mom and they like reflect on, you know, these four episodes of things that have happened in their lives and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Luke and Lorelai have gotten together and they're going to move, you know, move forward. And she's like, the very last second, Rory just looks at her mom and goes, mom, I'm pregnant. And the show's over. Oh, no. And we don't know. Whose baby it is? Who that baby daddy is? Who is the baby daddy? Because yeah. she, I think she also had a one night stand in the middle of all this chaos. What? She comes across as a very... Uh, oh, you did not watch pure. Gilmore Girls. Oh. Rory is a mess. Mm. Anyways, with no knowledge of whether there's going to be another reboot to finish this up, everyone who waited for all this time and got so excited about this reboot is left with that cliffhanger. Mm. Mom, I'm pregnant. 
Mm. Which also then like ties it in like her following in the same steps as her mother being a single mother. That show didn't hold up too well, did it? Why? As far as like women's empowerment and all that stuff. A single mother that raised her child? No, but like, the daughter. Harvard and... But you'd think the daughter would learn from the mother's life experiences and not be well, out there that those slutting life... around that small town. Well, what's wrong with her having some sexual freedom to do what she wants? Uh, listen, I didn't mean to paint myself in a corner <laughs> here. And what's wrong with looking at your mother and seeing that she su- she successfully raised you through all of that on her own and looking at her I'll as tell you a what's strong wrong. mother that you could do the same and emulate? I'll tell you exactly what's wrong with it. Mm. Tell me. Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> that was good. 1990. <laughs> there you go. The best Perfect. of both worlds. There you go. Another science fiction show <laughs> filled to the brim with cliffhangers. Star Trek The Next Generation had many, but few can measure up to Picard, Patrick Stewart, becoming a Borg. The season three finale. <laughs> oh no, a Borg. Hey, hey. I'm sorry. The Borg had in, like infinite powers and somehow they mm-hmm. uh, still escape them all the time. Okay. But... The season three finale sees the uh, Enterprise crew having no choice but to turn over their former captain with Riker ordering Worf to open fire on... Oh, okay. So, Captain Picard on the on the Borg ship. Uh-huh. And then uh, the first commander, Riker, became mm-hmm. the captain and he had to shoot at the Borg ship knowing that if it blew up, Captain Picard would be dead. Okay. Fans had to wait three months to discover Picard could be saved, and the fandom almost imploded in the meantime. What doesn't make sense is that it's only three months between seasons. That really doesn't make sense. Yeah. There's 196 episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. That is a lot. It might be 197. Okay. One or the other. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. And if it's 22 episode seasons, there's 52 weeks in a year. Yes. Why would it only be three months? How many? That's 12. 22 plus 12, 36. What's going on with the math here? Oh. Do you want an honest answer? Yes. I don't really care. Oh, I sat through your Gilmore Girls crap. No, I, it's not that I don't care about this. Star Trek, I don't care about the math behind how many episodes are shot and when the break is. That part of it I don't care about. Okay. I do care about our Riker becoming captain and, you know, and the Borgs. and But we're coming up on our time. So, there's a lot of. Do British. you want to do one more piece? Mm-mm. Do you want me to wrap this up? Okay, mm-hmm. one of the biggest modern day cliffhangers that we have had, especially for the ladies, Grey's Anatomy season one. Oh, okay. So, in the in the entire season of the first season of Grey's Anatomy, you see Ellen Pompeo's character Meredith Grey mm-hmm. falling in love with Patrick Dempsey McDreamy. Mm-hmm. You know, they meet in a bar the night before she starts her first day of being a doctor in the hospital, blah, blah, blah. Realizes he's her boss. Oh, boy. Did they hook up? Yeah. At the bar? Yeah. She took him home and then had to go to work the next day and, like, walks into the hospital and is like, oh, fuck. Only on TV. Only on TV. I don't know, man. Who's going out and getting super drunk the night before they have their first day at work as a doctor? As a doctor. (laughs) I mean, listen, my drunks come unexpectedly. I call, I am the unexpected drunk. I don't plan out when I'm going to drink a lot. It happens accidentally. So that is something that would happen to me. Legit, 100%. So let's say you're starting, I don't know. A new tour? Yeah, tomorrow. Tonight, Tonight, I'm going to be like, you know, 
I'm just going to make a cocktail to just relax and like to have a slow night and whatever. And fucking two hours later, I'm at the Abbey or at Saddle Ranch riding a mechanical bull. And I, was, I don't know what happened and where I am. I was going to say, you're not going to have a whole lot of luck at the Abbey. But the, the Abbey is a really like safe space for women. Yeah. To go. It's fun. Like, not, I very much enjoy going to the Abbey because I don't feel like it's where I can go and feel like I'm not going to be bothered and pestered by people all night long. First bar I ever went to in Los Angeles. Really? Mm-hmm. I used to go there quite often. And right before shutdown, um, my roommate and I have the famous night that we call the Famous Tuesday, <laughs> where yeah. it was National Rosé Day. Oh, boy. And we started with a few glasses of wine at home. And then two hours later, we were calling everyone we knew to meet up at the Abbey. And I was leading the pack. <laughs> well, we had just moved here from North Carolina. Four uh, country blind bumpkins. And we oh didn't know what sections of town featured which types of residents. Right. So a friend of ours just came, picked up the whole band. Said, I'm going to take you to my favorite bar. Yeah. We lived in the valley. And we went over the hill. super fun. And for those of you listening outside of... Uh, Los Angeles. Los Angeles. I'll tell or you... Or West Hollywood in I'll, general. Yeah, I'll tell you a specific part <laughs> about this bar in just a second. But we go in there and, you know, we just moved here. None of us had a whole lot of money. <laughs> And the bartenders were shirtless, all very handsome, very, very ripped. handsome. And uh, I'm standing there waiting for my it's turn. Enjoyable. Not a lot of people there. And this dude just bellies up to the bar and goes, hey, can I buy you a drink? And I was like, whew, man, you got pretty good timing. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, oh. He's like, what do you have? And I said, butt heavy. And he, and he goes, oh, sweetheart. And I, I go, what's up? He goes, you have a great day. I was yeah. like, well, thanks for the drink. And so I'm standing there talking to my friends. I go up to go get another drink. Another dude slides up. Hey, what's your name? Hey, I'm Isaac. How's it going? Can I buy you a drink? Yeah, this bar is awesome. I love it here. And you just don't have any idea. Not a clue in the world. And then, and then I start to pick it up. I order another Bud Heavy. And, and then the, you see disappointment wash all over his face. Of course. Because it's a dead giveaway. That you are straight as an arrow. Sitting in the gayest bar in West Hollywood. Absolutely. Yep. Like an institution in Hollywood. Yeah. So that. It, I it, love that. Yeah. I bought the rest of my own drinks that day. That's probably a good thing. Yeah. I didn't want to lead anybody on. All right. I'm going to finish this really quickly. Okay. So, okay. Let's make this a mega event. <laughs> well, 22 minutes. We're going on mega. Yep. Okay, so this entire season, you know, show like details there, like falling in love, and he seems perfect in every way. Like all every red-blooded woman in America fell in love with McDreamy. Oh, I forgot what show we were talking about. Grey's Anatomy. Yes. The very last scene of season one. Mm-hmm. Kate Walsh walks in wearing this fancy coat, being all coiffed and looking perfect. Excuse me. And walks up and says, "Hello, Derek." And he says, "Hello, Addison." And she turns to Meredith Grey and says. Hey. 